Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for listening today and you can always find us online at pathtozion.com and on YouTube at the Path to Zion podcast where we have several episodes including a new three-part series that was just posted a few days ago talking about Yom Kippur. But don't just think, well, I don't do the feast, I'm not Jewish and all those things. Basically, what we are examining is the fact, the principle, if you will, that unless we know and understand in any measure at all the functions of the high priest of the Old Testament, we will never be able to understand Yeshua Jesus, the Christ, being the great high priest and all that he accomplished and fulfilled on our behalf, as well as the royal priesthood reality. Now again, it's a three-part series, 30 minutes each, and we barely scratched the surface on the topic, but we did get a little bit of ground covered, again, making the connection that we, through Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, are given some insight into the functions of the high priest and all the things that were necessary for him to do to prepare himself to go into the most holy place. And so then we're told that there's a great high priest. His name was Yeshua Jesus. He perfectly accomplished the the requirements of the Father to, man, not just go in, but like... (laughs) rule and reign and almost in measure for if we're if we can go here he he became the hilasterian the mercy seat the mediator he he in his great high priest function purposely uh purposely perfectly satisfied the demands of a righteous god to perfection why he kept the laws of his father He spoke what he heard. He did what he saw, and he perfectly made a way for us to come in to the most holy place. And because of that principle, we are now called a royal priesthood. Among many other things, we are now a royal priesthood. And as I said in this series, if you've not listened to it, please go listen. We can never understand what that was intended to mean when Paul told us that. If, in fact, we don't know the first priesthood. If we don't know the function of the first priesthood, how in the world can we rightly appropriate our roles now as a priesthood? These things need to be asked. They need to be answered. They need to be meditated on. There are many things for us to not just casually read any longer. And not just state as fact, but have no understanding according to why we are told these specifics about our identity in Messiah now. It's all interwoven, as I'm always saying, it's always connected beginning to end. Listen, today I was just reading this morning about the story of of, um, Jacob just going through his, his younger years. And specifically how he had his heart, his, his heart was towards Rachel. He, he longed to take her as his wife. And, and most all of us that would listen to this program have 
been raised in some sort of Christianity and, and know this story well, this account. And we know that that Jacob had to go and, and work for Laban for seven years. That was their agreement. All right, I mean, just think about that. Of course, a lot of this is cultural. We today would just scoff at even the idea. We do what we want now. <laughs> if I want that girl, man, she's going to be mine. I mean, we've lost honor. We've lost respect. We've lost, well, we've lost a whole lot of things, have we not? But again, yes, this is cultural in measure. Because otherwise, today, ask you know, ask you today to wait seven years serving. If I had if I had a daughter that you desired to marry, and I said that's all right. You know this, but this is how it's going to go. You're going to come and work for me for seven years. Can you imagine that in our present day culture? What are you kidding me? I wouldn't work for you seven days for her, <laughs> right? Let's just be honest. We, we, we're not too willing to give of ourselves. Let's be honest. And even that little fact right there is, is going to be a lot of where we head today. Our unwillingness to do anything, to even pursue and attain what our hearts desire. So we know the story. Jacob fulfills his seven years, and he is duped by Laban. He... <laughs> He flips the light switch and turns the lights off in the tent and sneaks in the sister, Leah. Trickery. Now we could easily pick these texts apart and be like, did Jacob really not know what was going on? Because we're told that like, even in the book of Jasher, it talks about this in more depth, about how there's a celebration that night and the, the people were, you know, they're having a party and they're singing these songs. And Jacob's saying, why are, you, why are you talking about that? Why are you saying that? It didn't make sense to him. And every single thing they told him, well, this is what we do here. Even in uh, the book of Jasher specifically, he talks when he's having this dialogue with Laban, he's basically saying, look, man, why are you turning off the candles? Why are you putting the candles out? This is weird. And Laban's response is, well, that's just what we do here. This is our culture. Don't, don't worry about it. This is just what we do. And, and obviously manipulated the situation somehow. Whether we understand it or not is really irrelevant. Because I've heard people say, well, did that really happen? You know, we have, we have that throughout all of Christianity towards many things that make no sense. Instead of just saying, you know what, well, this is what it says. I don't care. It's what it says. There has to be a, a, a baseline, if you will, of truth that we move out from, and we have to carefully and cautiously hold anything that we read that, oh, man, I don't know about that. Man, how many things are in the Bible for you, friend, that that's true? Man, I've read a million and one things. I'm like, I scratch my head and say, uh, I don't know, God, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, let's be specific. Did you really do that, God? <laughs> Did you really say that, right? We don't lean on our own understanding on these things, including this story where Jacob is tricked by Laban, Rachel's father, Leah's father, 
to lie with Rachel's sister. Surprise! <laughs> so the next day rolls around and Jacob is perhaps beginning to catch on and all the things he heard the night before, he says, oh man, that's why they were singing this. That's why they were saying that. The truth came to light. I would imagine he was somewhat disappointed, don't you think? So what's he do? I would assume, let's just for speculation, man, are you, you swindler, are you kidding me? I, I mean, y'all imagine seven years labor for a wife and you get tricked and you do not receive the wife that you have labored for for seven years. Seven years! And so Laban comes up with a pretty bold response, right? All right, all right, you're, you're right, I, I, I tricked you. Sorry about that. I tell you what, let's, let's make a deal as if there's any good option from here for Jacob. I tell you what, if you work at just, you know, let, let's just say another seven, let's just start over. And for another seven years, you can work for me, and then you'll get Rachel, who's your who your heart is after. How about that? For real this time. I don't have any other daughters. I can't sneak someone else in. You can have her after another seven. So, okay, again, the proposition now is you work for me for 14 years of your life to have this woman for your wife. And here's the principle I want to bring out today. And again, I know, and, and I'm telling you, this is the theme of this broadcast week after week after week for the last going on almost two years now. We, in the, the culture, the Christian culture of 2020, we will not do hardly anything to earn anything. The church I came out of and I mean the church, the people, the body, were obsessed and riddled with fear from head to toe about works. Don't you dare do anything unless the Holy Spirit told you clear as a bell and wrote it on the wall. Because if you even give a brother a dollar without the Spirit telling you, man, it's empty works and you're wasting your time and God won't bless it and he's probably even in opposition against it. And so many people in my past, again, I'm 47 and I've been in the church most of my life, including serving at two different ones on staff. And I have this, this history of people being so terrified to do anything, even towards things that are right and good and their heart is towards. Something they love might be serving the Lord. It might be a gift of ministry, of benevolence, of service, of giving. Well, man, you can't, don't you dare do anything of works. Well, what do we do about righteous deeds in the Bible? What do we do about these things that, that were told from the Old Testament all the way to the New? About doing something, about moving, about serving. 
about giving up our lives. Is that not the entire pattern of Yeshua Messiah is constantly being a man who is surrendering and abandoning his own will to do the will of the Father in like manner? Well, what does that look like? So many people want to say, man, we're not supposed to be so hard or so serious or so distracted by doing things. We just need to love. I don't think we need to to be hard on people. I don't think we need to call people to a higher walk. We don't need to critique. We don't need to correct. We don't need to admonish. We just need to love. And my question is always, it has to a lot of times just come back and be in my heart because where do you go with people? You can't argue out matters with people who who think you're not supposed to do anything in Christ Jesus other than exist and love him. Well, how do you love him, friends? We know the Bible, right? And so here's what I'm saying is, is this this little snapshot into real-life individuals in a pattern of service to attain something that their heart was towards. And friends, if my heart is towards pleasing my Father, I had better be ready to be postured in position to do something to show Him I desire all that you are, God. And I'm free. I'm free to pursue you. I'm free to serve you and to serve others. I will give up my life. Why? Because my heart is set. Because otherwise, isn't what Jacob did absolute foolishness? It's foolishness to work 14 years for a wife. Surely he could have been satisfied with Leah after only working seven. He could have had another wife. He could have taken another wife from, from probably many other options. But his heart was towards Rachel. His heart was set. She is the one that I desire. And friends, all I'm saying is, in this, in this age, in the patterns of the world and within the church at large, it is foolishness to surrender our lives in service in order to get anything, to pursue anything to that magnitude. Prime example, we met last night, and I'll invite you again. I try to do this with regularity. And literally, I, I know that people that listen to this program are literally all over the, the earth. We've been picking up listeners in just unique places. I realize not everybody's going to drive in their car and come to where I live in southwestern Virginia for a meeting. But if you're anywhere near, every first and third Thursday we meet at a church across the road from our house. And last night, a brother was sharing. This is no... And see, here's the thing, man. This just bears mentioning. So many... So many in our day today want functions, they want positions, they want websites and YouTube channels with advertisers and logos and banners, ministry names with their name in it, Billy Bob's Global International World Prayer Center, 
Ministries.com. <laughs> We've all seen it. But man, there is something about men who are just normal men, who have a God-given gift. And there is just this, I'm just going to be honest, just this very average, normal, no titles or obvious functions to be seen anywhere, brother that came last night. I've been in a in a new level of relationship with him for the last couple of months. And man, he just brought some stuff that made the room stand still. And he has no idea really the gravity of what he was saying. And he's been and what he said last night is what I've heard dozens of people saying this entire calendar year but he's very alone where he is he's considered very odd very strange talking crazy the lord showed him something a couple months back and i'll try to keep this accurate from what i remember but the lord showed him several things a couple months ago and basically told him a fact of something that's coming a warning and so he has been holding on to that in patience and maturity. And he said he just got to a point not long ago of saying, you know what, God, I, would you show me why? Would you show me why these things are coming and why did you even tell me? He knew he was to share this with anyone who had an ear to listen. He's been rejected by many. Most of them, most of the people he have he has told, think it's foolishness. Talking just ridiculous scenarios. <laughs> They've forgotten what the Bible prophesied, prophesied is to come. And most all of them are rooted and established in rapturitis where we're going to escape anyway, so who cares, brother? Let it all come down, man. I'm out of here. Which thankfully is not his perspective whatsoever. So he was sharing this last night about how the Lord showed him something a couple months back and he asked God, to, he just said, you know what, would you show me why or how? How is this going to happen? You've shown me this, why did you show me and how is this going to unfold? Knowing he was supposed to be a man with a message to tell people, to warn anyone who might listen. And again, this guy, you would walk by him at Walmart, you wouldn't think twice about who he is. I love it. It's the epitome of what I believe is coming in greater measure in hours yet before us for the church. People of status, people of high and lofty positions, man, I think they're going to, in many ways, man, they're going to come down. There's going to be a falling away and, and a stripping away of identity. So we better, we better start out low and stay there. And so he said on his, on his own volition now, he decided, you know what? I'm going to fast. He had never fasted before in his life. Ever. And he fasted seven days. You hear what I'm saying? And before you just shrug that off, big deal, most of you who are listening to this, myself included, has, have never gone completely without food and water for seven days. He did drink liquids. But I mean, like meals. 
I know many people now in my life at the fellowship where we gather at now, man, they're fasting professionals. And I'm I'm not just heaping natural accolades on them. That is a commendable thing, man. If we just cast that off and like, well, big deal. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna praise man. Are you joking? What in the world did Paul say? Look, man, do you see what I'm doing here? You do what I'm doing. Come up here, won't you? Like we talked about in the last program. When he looked at those people in Corinth and he said, Don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? What was he saying? Haven't you been listening to anything I've been telling you that I do? <laughs> Glorify God in your body, Dad Burn it. <laughs> We've lost that, friends. In this age of because man and leadership and Christian authority have so squandered it and abused it and prostituted it, many people, oh man, many people in my life have written it off completely. Nope, I'm not submitting to any man ever. You can't lord over me. I am under Jesus alone, man. Back off. And then we miss all the entire functions of the body because we're just all individually strutting through life with no man telling us anything, no correction, no admonition. And it's produced a whole bunch of spoiled brat Christian children. And some of them are 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 years old. Let's just be honest. And some of them are 40. It's the offspring of this church in its decline. But in many ways, equally so, as I'm saying, I know many brothers and sisters right now who fast all the time, man, all the time. And I'm telling you, if you follow the the biblical calendar and feast, you're going to be fasting a lot, friend. <laughs> I never knew. I'm like, man, the feasts are all about repentance, fasting, and remembering and recounting the ways of the Lord. Holy cow. Over and over and over again. So this brother was saying, you know what, Joel, I had never fasted before in my life. He's probably early 50s. And he went a full week. And guess what happened? God answered his questions. The Lord answered him. Which is the whole reason why he fasted. He said, you know what? I think I'm just going to fast. And listen to what God might say. And here's the whole point of why this is all interconnected and we'll bring it to a close. You know what he was saying? I'm going to, I'm going to deny myself to attain what my heart desires. And in this case, to hear the word of the Lord, the oracles of God. So many people right now are having dreams every two hours that they get online and throw it up for all the whole world to see for two bazillion hits and, and likes and subscribers. Dream, 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 prophetic dream, prophetic dream, prophetic dream, vision. Man, I'm telling you right now, you can have all of that. I'll take what that brother shared last night sitting on a on a hundred-year-old pew in his work clothes with nothing else about himself to brag about whatsoever but the humility of a man giving himself to hear the oracles of God. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. 
And man, I was stirred last night, friends. I was moved by what this brother, not just what he said and not just what God told him, because those things by themselves were, were very awesome. Well, why aren't you talking about that then? Because that's not the point of the message today. The program today to connect with Jacob working 14 years for a wife is, friends, what in the world are we settled and positioned and postured to do to accomplish our heart's desire? Should our heart's desire be pure and right and good? This is just yet another example of the endless opportunities to endure and labor and serve the Most High God. Why? Because my heart is towards Him. And I'm told that His eyes are roaming the earth looking for men like that. That's what He's desiring. That's His heart's desire. And friends, what in the world did He do? to apprehend me and to apprehend you what in the world did the father do <laughs> man we could spend well let's make this six more parts for starters he clothed himself in flesh and bone and became humanity Yeshua Jesus left his lofty estate and came down and dwelled and tabernacled with men as man fully God fully man and he endured a life of suffering and denial. Why? For a bride. How awesome is this stuff, y'all? For a bride. He said, you know what? He said apparently what Jacob said. They're worth it. They're worth it, man. I see them, I love them, I want them, and I will have them. I will endure, not just the cross, as we're always saying. I will endure being laid low and leaving my, my heavenly abode enthroned, man, above the heavens. I'm going to come down there and I'm going to wrap myself in humanity. Are you kidding me? That even makes what Jacob did look like nothing, right? Do you understand, friend, that that is, in fact, what Yeshua the Messiah did in order to be betrothed to you and to birth a nation of people for the Father? Man, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And so here's my thing, and we'll close the door. Why are we so afraid to do something why are we so afraid? If our hearts are right, if our hearts are set, and if my gaze is upon my heavenly Father, man, move out of the way. I'm doing everything I can because I'm going to please Him. I'm going to fulfill His will for my life, and I'm going to accomplish something on earth as it is in heaven right here, right now in my life. I'm not afraid of works. I'm not afraid of empty, hollow service. I'm not afraid. I'm free. What am I free to do? Man, go back and find that message I did over a year ago. Freedom and Liberty. It was July 2019, I believe. I don't think it was this July. I think it was last year. Freedom and Liberty. Why have you been set free? 
What does freedom even mean according to the scriptures? It doesn't mean you're a good American. <laughs> That's just nothing. It's one little speck in the solar system of God's creation. No pinnacle of anything whatsoever. We've been set free in order to fulfill why God clothed himself in the Emmanuel reality. To purchase us to be as he was and is. So let, let's be free. we got to be careful with freedom now. And I talk about this all the time. We're not talking about just squandering the grace of God in any way whatsoever. But what we are talking about is a freedom to serve my master. So that I can be found as the one who, with the, to use the parable of the talents... I did something, Master, with what you gave me. I didn't just bury it in the ground because you're hard. I didn't hide it away because I was afraid you might be mad if I spent it wrong, invested it wrong. I just wanted to make sure I gave you what, what you wanted. Here, here's what you gave me, Master. And the Master goes, are you joking? You didn't do anything with everything that I've given to you? I entrusted you with that, friend. And you just sat on it because of what? Because you're afraid. Because you're unwilling to serve me. Same principle in Jacob and Rachel. Same principle with this brother sharing about how he denied himself and fasted and prayed. Why? to receive what our heart is desiring. And when those motives are pure and right and good and holy and acceptable, man, we're talking about the dunamis power of God in a man. Where nothing can stop him, frustrate him, confuse him, cause him to sit out on the sidelines and miss out, no way, no how. We're set. We're sure. Like Paul said, our eyes are on the prize, man. I'm coming. <laughs> I'm going to the end. I'm going to endure to the end, and thereby I will be saved, rescued, delivered. So let's do that today. Whatever it looks like for you, friend, it's up to you to figure that out. What does that mean to you? What does that mean that you must do and not do? Pick, that, pick up and lay down both. We've got to know these things. Thank you for listening. This is the Path to Zion podcast. Always find us online 24-7 at pathtozion.com. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Amen.